I'm the only one with headphones right now, so Miel's just like waiting on me to tell her when the theme is over. Is it over? I could tell. No, it's not. <laughs> I could tell her it's any time though. Is it over now? It is not over now. Just kidding. It's over now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stress me out. Uh, you have so much power over there. I really there. do. I could do anything. I could just drop in uh, one of our soundboard things, and you would not have any idea. No, I'll have nothing to react to. But then it's no fun because I'm just <laughs> clowning myself. True. What's the point? I mean, I guess the audience would like it. Anyways, welcome to Unpunchables, etc. The podcast where we do whatever the fuck you want us to do. Yeah, <laughs> we are your humble servants. Just fucking <laughs> please like us. So what we did, if you didn't see it, mm-hmm. but I think you probably did, is we just asked you, what do you want? Yeah. And you, God, did you tell what us? What do you want from me? How many people responded to that? hundred? Uh, I want to say a hundred. Yeah. That's nuts. It's too much. Why Man, are you, you guys so rule. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, you guys are great. I went the opposite way. What? But you were like, you guys rules like, stop talking to us so much. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's the fun thing about the Patreon is I feel like it's a direct avenue to be like, hey, what's up? Exactly. Let's chat. It's very nice. Yeah, it's the best. So thank you. God, this feels really weird not having headphones on. Do you want headphones? No, I've already committed. Okay. I got to finish this. I just, if my vibe is weird, that's why. Because I'm like, <laughs> I feel naked. You you really just thrown caution to the wind. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Sean Jordan. So today, we are talking about our favorite movies of all time. This is a topic huh. submitted by uh, Tori Cummins. Tori Cummins. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't have anything. Oh, I th- you said it like, huh, Tori, <laughs> Tori Cummins, Cummins, more like. And then I was just like, here we go. Set you up. Roaring fun. Roaring? Tori? It's about to be the Roaring 20s again. I don't know. I don't think it. Oh, maybe. Hell yeah. I'm about to cut my hair off and shave my eyebrows. <laughs> I'm gonna look so fucking That's cool. not a time thing. You're just having a midlife crisis. Oh, maybe true. Yeah. So yeah, this is an interesting topic because I feel like it's so hard to talk about favorite things. Mm, really? Be- yeah, for movies especially because I'm like, how do we define favorite? Yeah. Is it most watchable? Is it Ooh, like okay. the one that moves you the deepest? Is it the one that you recommend to the most friends? Is yeah. it the one you crave watching most often? Like, how do you possibly? quantify favorite when it comes to movies i feel like the hard thing for me when quantifying favorites is just being like oh i don't want to call that my favorite it's too recent yeah because i'm just like well all of these other movies have had like such a long period of gestation for me to be like no i do like that one for me to be like well i like this movie a lot and it came out last year it's like that's insane it can't be your favorite it's too new simultaneously when you have an old movie or old-ish movie that's your favorite having to re-examine it before you say it's your favorite again. Yeah. Like, I rewatched Seven the other mm. day. I remembered that movie being good. That well, is not a good movie. What? Nah, it is not a good movie, man. I will stand by this opinion. Have you hmm. rewatched it recently? No, but so like... So, I think that's part of it. <laughs> what what aspects, like, fell apart when you were I mean, it's just, like, the most cliche, like, detective narrative that has no depth and nothing interesting about it plot wise it's totally all over the place like so much of it that makes no sense you have a villain with no motive it's literally just like what if seven deadly sins murders they talk about women in the worst way and also like the only women in it die yeah or don't exist and also only serve to like be there for their husbands i mean like it's really just a trash movie for women obviously but also just like brad pitt's character and acting in my opinion not so good Mm. morgan freeman could not be more of just like i mean literally he gets into a cab and then he goes where you going and he says away from this place 
Like he doesn't actually tip in directions or anything. Yeah. Like that's not a good movie. I feel like it's just it is early enough in well not I guess that early, but it, it just feels like the whole point of it is it's a noir film and like they're yeah. full of cliche lines yeah. like that and shitty things where it's just like it's all about the mood baby so it's just to totally. be like you like I, I mean I'd never call it my favorite movie but but I think it's so funny that we still regard it as like a fantastic movie yeah. when it's like a decent film noir mm. and not even because it's also like horrific and gory so can that even still be film noir yeah I guess I don't know I don't know is yeah. it like a thriller anyways this is not what we're talking about today I we're just talking got about off. seven today <laughs> this is the episode all about the David Fincher classic seven mm-hmm. with a seven instead of a V so seven Vin. <laughs> so back to things we do like yeah. sorry to be so negative right at the top which is fresh on my dome no I love it do you want to start? How many are we talking about? What are we doing? I mean, I can talk about as many as you want to. I am, I'm lucky enough to just have a running list of my favorites. Yeah, you're like, okay, I would say we probably like movies equally. However, you are so much more into the mm, culture of around movies. liking movies oh, than yeah. I am. It's yeah. the only thing that brings me joy anymore. It's true. Like Demi, like I don't know if everyone knows this, but like you're on Letterboxd. Yeah. No E? No E. And that's like... A website where you just discuss movies and review movies yep and that's like would you say your most active social media yeah because everything else <laughs> makes me feel like shit yeah. <laughs> and that does too sometimes but it's a lot less uh yeah and also mm. like as long as you frame your opinions about movies as personal Which you can't be wrong do. yeah there's no objective anything in movies i like some terrible movies and other yeah. people love some movies that i think are awful and i would never yeah ignore that i just said seven is trash <laughs> uh well that one's one fact <laughs> that's a fact yeah everything else though so i don't even know how to begin i guess i'll start with like all-time favorite mm-hmm. and then just work backwards from there yeah do you have an all-time favorite yeah okay what's yours hot rod you oh know my God. this you know this that is so funny i know i guess i know that but i keep thinking that that's kind of a joke oh no it's truly your favorite it's truly it's the one movie where every single time i watch it it makes me laugh every like like I, it's not i feel like so many comedies i'll watch and i'll be like i recognize it as a funny thing but i laughed the first time i can't laugh again yeah yeah and with hot rod it's like every single time it's funny every single time i feel like there are new little things that i catch on it uh-huh, like uh, jokes yeah uh-huh. i feel like the the sense of like camaraderie between the guys is so fun i think it's just a perfectly silly movie i love the lonely island i think that they just made like a wonderful thing yeah and i rewatched like i rewatch it every year but the m- most recent time i rewatched it i was just kind of like all right let me rewatch it with the critical eye and i was just like there's one line it's one word even in the movie that i don't like and it's when uh ian mcshane says homo and i'm just like ah hey boo and it's just like <laughs> a very 2007 mindset of yeah yeah homophobia Gay jokes yeah but i I still love that movie. That's so interesting because as much as I love comedy and work in comedy and like to laugh, a comedy could never be my all-time favorite movie. Yeah? No, because for me, I need like serious emotional depth right. to feel like moved by a movie. And it's just the way I prioritize like what I enjoy in movies totally. is so different than you. Yeah. Like you're looking for like a lighthearted experience and I'm looking for the exact opposite. The thing <laughs> is, it's the only comedy that I would think of as one of my all-time favorites. Really? Yes, it's the only one. I have like, I truly, so one thing I've done, and I'm not going to talk about all of them here, is I have a list of my favorite movie from every single year that I've been alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made the wrong choice to sip my LaCroix at that moment. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> but I just, it's just a thing that I did for fun one time because someone mentioned it. And like I, two of them are comedies, Hot Rod and Galaxy Quest. 
Oh, Galaxy Quest is so good. It's great. And yeah. I think it is the best movie of 1999. Yeah. Didn't, Matrix, didn't Matrix come out in 99? I don't like The Matrix. And it's 2000. We've talked about wow. this, too. I don't like The Matrix. Here's, here's my problem with The Matrix. I saw it for the first time in 2012 in like a, a film class in like that an auditorium. That is so recent. I know. Yeah. I don't understand how you missed that as like a cultural movement. I was not. Here's another crazy thing about me. I don't think I was very into movies until about 2010. Man, see, this is like something that pisses me off, not at you, but in a way at you. Mm, Go for it. (laughs) It's mostly at other people because we've been in social situations where people defer to you as like the movie expert and it really pisses me off because I'm very into movies as well. But because you're so much more vocal about your love for movies, people are like, he's the movie guy. And then I remember he didn't even like movies until like recently. Yes. And I'm like... Fuck this! This isn't fair. Well, I, I grew up with movies being my best friend. Well, that's the thing is like I grew up just being like, oh, I'd watch certain TV shows and like movies were a social thing. And yeah. because I didn't have many friends that went to see movies, I only saw like the biggest ones. My parents didn't take me to movies or but, anything. But like you didn't watch like movies at home. Like that wasn't a tradition of yours to go rent a movie and like watch I it on a TV weekend. Shows I watched wow. The Simpsons and like all of these other like shows where I was like, this is a thing. Like I would be on forums discussing just the TV shows. See, and that's so funny too because it influenced you so greatly that your dream is to be a TV writer. Yeah. Specifically. But then it's also just like when I grew up and I went to film school because I was like, I want to make videos and stuff. I got really into film. And then it right. was just like a flip where I'm now like, I only want to talk about movies. Oh, you don't like talking about TV anymore? Well, the thing is like, I don't watch TV. I haven't watched a wow. new TV show since Detroiters ended. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I just don't have time and I can't sit down and just be like, all right, this is eight episodes of a 30 minute show. I guess I got to just figure out what time I'll finish up this show. It's just like a... It's a time commitment. Yeah. Whereas movies, I'm like two hours and you're done. It's very true. Although 90 minutes and you're done, even better. <laughs> All movies should be 90 minutes. So, wow. This is going to be an interesting conversation because my <laughs> favorite movies could not be more different. Good. Um, Okay, so if I'm going all time fave, yeah. I got to go for one that I've seen like at least 10 times. Mm-hmm. I got to go for one that I tell everyone to watch. Land Before Time 4. It is the line before time four. Yeah. No. <laughs> I just feel like Sarah's plot line really peaks in that one. Wait, is her name Sarah? The Triceratops? I think so. Triceratops. Oh my God. Wow. You, you're getting that now on air? Oh, yeah. Kid. <laughs> I was almost thought it was weird that all they all dinosaur names and her name was Sarah. Yeah. God damn it. I'm dumb. Well, don't believe anything I have to say. <laughs> anyway, it's this Mike Mills movie, Beginners. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it at length before. If you follow me on Instagram, it's like one of my first film recommendation Fridays I ever did. It's to me, it's everything I like. Yeah. Ian McGregor, <laughs> Melanie Laurent, Mike Mills, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Get the basics out of the way. But also. Cute dog. Oh, Jack Russell Terrier, oh, yeah. Parsons Terrier, whatever the fuck. I'm already on board. And it like talks, but it doesn't actually talk. Yeah. It's basically about. I mean, I'm only saying because I feel like po- people probably haven't heard of it or don't know about it. Everyone I tell is like, oh, I vaguely remember the promotion for that movie. Mm-hmm. And to its discredit, it was so badly promoted. Like the ads for it are so misleading but it's basically like a a multiple timeline story about this son Ian McGregor and his dad Christopher Plummer who like came out after the mom died and he's like super old and like kind of learning how to be comfortable with his homosexuality and like dating for the first time so that's like a whole storyline that as you can imagine is like incredibly beautiful and sad and also based on a true story and then also follows like the current day storyline of Ian McGregor's character trying to fall in love again after the death of his father. Mm. So like you're watching the father's life like fucking start for the first time and then physically end. And then simultaneously the coping with like what a loss and the grief of that. So it's like super fucking sad in a right. way, but also super fucking light because it's like 
beginning again. I mean, that's why it's called Beginners. Yeah. And also just like funny and artistic. And I'm sure people would say incredibly hipstery. Yes. Like the whole thing is shot in Echo Park in 2010. I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. No, it's all Echo Park. You recognize like every street they go on. I think when I saw that movie, I had not even been in L.A. yet. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was living in Echo Park when it came out. So you were just like, that's my that's my place. And this was before Echo Park popped off, too. So I was like, only cool people live here. And they shoot some of it, too, at the Biltmore Millennium Hotel in downtown. And I actively I go there periodically just oh, to kind God. of, like, feel like I'm in the movie. Fucking nerd. <laughs> and the soundtrack, I mean, there may be another bonus episode coming up, which I'll get Who into this more. <laughs> but the soundtrack, too, just, like, I don't know. To me, like, the testament of a great movie is that when it's on, you feel like you're in that world. Mm. And then when it's over, you want to revisit that world over and over again. And even though it's, like a real movie and the real storyline in my real neighborhood. I have that with this movie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that makes me a trash person. What? Wanting to visit that world? No, just liking a movie that's like so contemporary and like cool. Maybe. My favorite movie is Hot Rod. <laughs> Why do you think you're a trash person? Because you're like, it's so based in our time. I don't know. I feel insecure not having my favorite movie be like a deep hardcore indie cut. That's stupid. I know. It no, is, ev- right? Everyone's favorite movie is shit like Jaws or Jurassic. Like who fucking cares? Okay, good. That does make me feel better. What would you say, like, how do you quantify your second pick? Uh, well, that, that's the thing. That's, the, like, every other pick is just, like, another movie that really affected me. Here's another thing. When I think of movies that are really, like, big for me, it's what it did for me or, like, what it makes me think of or, like, if it influenced a part of my life. So there's, or, like, some nostalgia attached to yeah, it. Yeah. Or sometimes it's just, like, I don't cry very often ver- through movies and this one made me cry because it affected me that much. Wait, do I know what you're about to say? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> the movie that made you cry? Yeah. Wait, what do you think? <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to say it. I don't want to spoil it. You think? No, it's not Click. <laughs> is that what you thought I was going to say? I thought you were saying that. Have you seen Click? No. See, that's the thing. Everyone laughs at me when I'm like, Click is a, a Click is a movie that made me cry. And then if you've seen Click, you absolutely get it. I mean, I'm sure it would make me cry too. Yeah. I just have it's a hard a time taking thing. it seriously because of your viral tweet about it. Sure. That's really why it makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what you were going to say. It's not. No. Click is not anywhere near my favorite movie. <laughs> what were you going to say? Life is beautiful. Wait, is that that movie from like the late... 80s like, yeah with roberto benini yeah mm-hmm. and it's like italian yeah it's a about an italian jewish man who falls in love with a princess and then the holocaust happens yeah okay so i've heard the lore of that movie but i know nothing about it so this is a fun movie to me to discuss because i think it is like there's a way where you can describe it as a holocaust comedy Whoa. it is very misleading to say that <laughs> and also i've been in like arguments with people where it's like it's not a comedy it's a dark movie but it is half a straight up comedy like literally there's a halfway point in the movie where okay i don't want to i mean it's not a spoiler but basically the first movie the first part of the movie is a comedy about this man who basically falls in love with a woman and he's trying to like woo her and do all these things and then at some point they walk into like a sort of not a garden but like what's that fucking like an arboretum or something and then it's like a time jump like the camera is still they walk into the thing and then they like a little boy comes out and they've like time jumped into their future together Whoa! so this is like an artistic movie kind of but it's also like just the goofiest movie at times and then basically the second half is the holocaust happens and this man and his kid are split up from his wife because they're like separated by gender but the entire time he doesn't want his son to like be scared of what's happening so he's trying to play it off like there's a game that there's going <gasps> going on oh and he's shit. just like trying to oh keep shit. things light you have to stop because i'm gonna start crying now no I yeah can't. exactly he's trying to keep keep things light for his son while also just being like this is the holocaust so it's like he's 
it's tragic for him, but he's just like, I, I need my son to be not, happy. Yes. Or even if he's going to die, that he doesn't know he's dying. Yes. That's Fuck. exactly what you just said is a thing that. Fuck. Yeah. And it's Fuck. one of the moments. Like, ugh. I, if wow. You I'm shocked this is one of your picks. Why? I don't know you to have much enjoyment of depressing things. No, I love, again, you were, like, so many of my favorite movies are favorites because it's like, well, yeah, this really fucked yeah, me up. Yeah, I don't know if any of the other ones I have on this list are like, oh, that fucked me up. But. No, this is, like, an interesting pick. This is, like, in my mind, fleshing out your character Bible a little bit. Oh, no, I love <laughs> any, just, there. it's a very affecting thing, and I don't want to spoil, I mean, I'll spoil it, but just skip forward, like, 15 or 30 uh, if you have not seen this movie. One I haven't the, seen this movie. Do you want to know or do you want me to not Don't say tell it? me. Okay. Because one of these days I'll work up the emotional uh, strength to watch it. Yeah. And then I'll... It's a real fucking gut punch. Because, just in the sense of like, you're like, oh, what a fun movie. And then nah. the no, second half... I have half a feeling like, oh, it doesn't no. end well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have but a then feeling. It, but then also it does end kind of like... It end, it's a bad thing happens and you want to cry. And then a very good thing happens and you want to cry even more. Fuck, man. It's a wonderful movie. In terms of like gut-wrenching, I mean, obviously very different reasons, but in terms of being able to shake it off afterwards, how yeah. would you compare this to Blue Valentine? I haven't seen Blue Valentine. Oh, okay. But I also Okay, okay. Uh, so think, the metric is flawed. Yeah. I see. I also think this would probably... It's the Holocaust? No, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. Hard no, to yeah, compare. No, yeah, hard, hard to yeah, compare. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Don't want to discredit the Holocaust. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Um, let me see if I have... But also... A- <laughs> One fun thing about it is there is a very uh, famous moment of the Oscars from that year when he won for, I think, Best Foreign Film or Best Director or something. No, I thought it... It's not the actor? I thought the actor won. That's the famous award speech, right? Mm -hmm. He... He, like, jumps on the chairs. He is so excited. He jumps up and, like, just starts vaulting down the chairs, like, to get down the stage. And he's so happy, and I love it. But then also, the movie he followed this up with is uh, the live-action recreation of Pinocchio, which is one of the worst-reviewed films of all time. Wow. Yeah. Again, this is the second time you've mentioned that on the air and the second time I've ever heard of it. <laughs> what? Pinocchio? I've mentioned that before? Yeah. Oh, wow. Not too long ago, you mentioned it and I was like, they made, wait, Benini made a Pinocchio movie? He sure did. <laughs> With him as Pinocchio. Big wow. move. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will watch that movie at some point in my life. Yeah. I will probably scream. watch it when like things are going very well for me and I'm far from a depressive episode because w- I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't handle it. I, they showed us that movie for the first time in high school i want to say and then for fun we watched it when i was working at the newspaper in for college. fun just in, temp- in terms of are like- you a sadist yes uh i was it was like uh <laughs> it was like a late night and we were just in the office and we had to be there and i think we we're just kind of like let's put on a movie and i was like have you guys seen life is beautiful and i was talking about it and they're like yeah let's put it on and i just remember being like yeah this is not a no, not man. a fun thing but like we all loved it yeah no it sounds like a beautiful movie yeah it's just you know there's some degree of masochism and watching things that actually happened to real people (laughs) so then let me follow it up with something very stupid and i'm embarrassed (laughs) to admit i think norbit i think actually is on this list i I, again the nostalgia factor is hard to take out of this no but that's why certain like i think that's why it's favorite not best movies yeah if it comes down to movies that i think of the most often in my day-to-day life i want to revisit this world all the time and like deeply impacted me as a young person i have to stay true to me gotta be you (laughs) you're gonna make fun of me for this probably it's the lord of the rings (laughs) oh that's no why is that a why would i make fun of you for that because people that have that as their favorite movies like have lord of the rings themed weddings and no shade to those people but i'm just not one of those people so it feels like a betrayal of my character i don't think it is so obsessed with it i think i mean the third lord of the rings won best picture it's a very 
accessible. I'm taking the whole trilogy. No, I know. I'm saying like this isn't like a weird thing that you like Lord of the yeah, Rings. I no. don't think it's as weird as you think. I have like a pregnancy style craving. Like it has to be satiated to rewatch the entire trilogy like every year. Which is insane to me because I, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I watched all of them, the extended editions back to back and then was like pretty good. And I just kind of Didn't do anything on. for you. No, it did. But I was also just like... I don't feel any like strong attachment to this. Well, series. here's what I'll say. I, I think it. as a movie, if you have not read the books and you're not super well informed on all of the backstory of which there is more than they could have ever put I'm in movies, sure. it would be really hard to be interested in those movies. But I feel like a lot of people are. Same thing with I the Harry Potter movies. I don't know that many that are like, oh, Lord of the Rings is look, live all, be all for me hmm. that haven't read the books or at the very least done like a deep dive on Wikipedia. Yeah. Like I've tried to get people into them that don't know anything about them and they're like, yeah, it's fine, I guess. But like I'm kind of falling asleep because it's super slow. And yeah. you're right. It is. However, I did read all the books growing up. My mom was so obsessed with this trilogy that she was like a leathersmith. That was her trade. Oh, wow. She made for fun like seven cast iron gilded leather maps of Middle Earth. God damn. And she like hand wrote the script and labeled the places exactly per the books, like in Elvish. Like my mom. Your mom sounds like a real loser. Well, this is again pre movies. <laughs> So being super pre Comic Con, like being super into Lord of the Rings was actually like pretty fringe yeah. and very hippie of you. God like J.R.L. Tolkien, like there's a reason why in those, like the villains destroy the trees. The dude was obsessed with nature. The dude was obsessed with trees and he probably smoked a lot of weed. Mm. Like dude was very chill, at least as far as those things are go. He probably was kind of homophobic or racist or something. Yeah, they all were. But <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just have to put that caveat and just like, I don't. He's you can't stand bad. him too hard because he probably did something bad. Everyone, yeah, everyone sucks. But they had strong female characters long before any other literature that I know of was doing that. At yeah. least mainstream literature. Like that scene where Eowyn, I mean, sometimes when I'm depressed, I'll literally just watch the YouTube clip of the scene where Eowyn pulls off the helmet and goes, I am no man. Like it literally makes me cry even referencing it. Like, can you see tears in my eyes right now? Like Everyone talks about that scene. And I just, I think just (gasps) as a a man and be someone who just kind of watched it knowing that happens, I'm just kind of like, that's pretty good. Did you know before you watched it that was going to happen? I think so. But I also think it was just like. What a loss. It feels like to me something that is just so. I, I guess again I didn't watch it when it came out so it just like feels like a moment to me where I'm like yeah I could guess what would happen yeah well I think you have to understand obviously the representation factor but also yeah. if you hadn't known that was happening and you were just following the storyline of this girl desperately trying to impress her father and him not being really able to acknowledge her because she's a girl and he can't carry on her bloodline and he, she right. can't fight for him and all this stuff that it has a lot more weight to it as well. But also, like, Arwen, when she, like, conjures those fucking water horses to, like, trample out the Nazgul, might we... Okay, I'm from this island. If you, if you don't remember, I'm from an island. So to try to see that movie, like, we would have had to wait, you know, three months till it came to our theater. And even then, it would have played on a shitty-ass projector that played, yeah. like, half on the ceiling and the film was missing frames. Like, you know. So we organized, as a family overnight trips to seattle to see it at the cinerama like just on like opening weekend just so we could be a part of this cultural moment despite like being super isolated and during that moment sold out viewing sold out so early the horses come up my mom stands up in the theater clapping over her head screaming you go girl (laughs) 
no one was into it. Oh my god! <laughs> and at the time, I was like super embarrassed. But now I'm like, no, I get it, mom. Yeah, that's your Actually, mom. Actually, you rule. And also, it means this much to me. Imagine how much it meant to her. Right. Right. To see this story that she's cherished for 30 years be made into a movie. Does she still like? When do you think is the last time your mom saw it? I'm guessing she only saw it in theaters and never again. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, hmm. they are kind of like bad in some sense. Like they are a little bit bad. I, don't I will think say they they're are. like. I, I mean, think they're generally regarded as some of the best movies of all time. I think they're like some of the best adaptations. I just think that where I'm saying bad, it's just like super hard to get into because it's so dense. So if you have no knowledge of the books or like background on these characters, like you almost need to watch it it's with crazy a person that, that can explain it to you. say this because I genuinely feel like to me, every, like they are unanimously beloved as just a perfect movie that you don't need the books for. Really? Yes. Well, maybe I just I mean, hang out with the wrong one, people. Best picture. Yeah, but I almost feel like that was kind of just because they were trying to acknowledge like how much of a techno- uh, technical feat that was to make those movies in the way they did. Maybe. I mean, they like really broke the lid off of like ensemble fight scenes and yeah. shit like that. And also that they used a lot of practical effects and like uh, makeup and prosthetics. Yes. Like I just, those movies. It's ugh. insane to me that the, the, the trilogy only costs like 90 million each. Yeah. And they also, don't look like that. To this day, Gollum looks good mm-hmm. still. The stuff That's still looks insane. good. And it's also embarrassing to sort of look at that and be like, fuck, they nailed it. And then see The Hobbit and they're like, huh, uh, what yeah, happened? We don't talk about The Hobbit. Right. We don't talk about The Hobbit. And as far as I'm concerned, Peter Jackson probably is kind of over. No, he does. He did not like the product or the process of making The Hobbit was stressful for them. They did not have enough time. He like talks about it, how much he is. Upset yeah, but he also that. made King Kong, right? Yeah. So what's going on? I don't know. He uh, <laughs> left all his magic in those those uh, he Tolkien's. Gave it a hundred percent. Now yeah. he's got nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Lord of the Rings for sure. Yeah. I won't have a Lord of the Rings themed wedding. However, you got to. I mean, I definitely. Would you have a beginner's themed wedding? <laughs> yeah. That's where your dad uh, tells you he's gay. <laughs> and then dies. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be so so sick. And uh, Rue is talking. Oh, if only I've had dreams where she can talk and then I wake up and I'm so upset. They're not. What real. do you think? What does she say to you when she's talking? Oh, she's just like, hey, bitch, what's up? And I'm like, oh, my God, this whole time you could talk. And she's like, yeah, duh. And I'm like, fuck, that, <laughs> would, that makes shit a lot easier when Pranking it comes to you. like your health. You oh, know? Yeah. Are you in pain? Everything feeling OK? What she's hurts? Just committed to this bit that she's doing. <laughs> yeah, my dog's a real bit fiend. Mm. What's your next one? Uh, my next one, I'm sure I've talked about. It's the social network. That is insane to me that we started this shitting on a David Fincher movie and now you're naming a David Fincher movie. Well, my I think that David Fincher has just got one of the best track records as far as directing goes. But also, I yeah, Social Network. It's the movie that made me, like, I think it turned me into a guy who loves movies. Yeah, that yeah. was it for you. Well, because before that movie came out, everyone was like, they're making a movie about Facebook. Are you fucking for real? Yeah. And it just became this like I'm cultural. I'm still in that camp. I know because you haven't seen it. Yep. But it was like this cultural moment where we were all just kind of like, oh, what a fucking like sad state that Hollywood's in. And then like it started getting announced like, oh, Aaron Sorkin's writing it. And I didn't know who Aaron Sorkin was. I didn't give a shit. And then they were like David Fincher. And I was like, I, I guess he like made some cool stuff. But like any movie can be bad, whatever. And then the trailer dropped. And do you remember when that trailer dropped? Yeah, they had the creep with the kids singing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, it worked so well. And visually, it was just like a style I had not really seen done before. And I was like, this isn't really a movie about Facebook. It's a movie about like the power struggles that went into making Facebook yeah. from some college kids. And I was just kind of like, huh, that could be interesting. And then I, I got like invited to this weird like college screening. I went with two of my other friends. And I was like, yeah, let's see what this is. And I sat there just enthralled for two hours. And I came out just being like, holy shit. Whoa. Yeah. 
and that I remember really had a profound effect on you. Yeah, I remember sitting in like I remember exactly where I was like when the movie ended. I remember like the last frame of the movie in which it just says like because it's all about Mark Zuckerberg. Spoiler! I'm mean, everyone's seen this movie. I have it. Well, it's a spoiler about the real life thing. It's just the last frame of the movie is basically him just like clicking refresh on like his ex girlfriend's Facebook page and just being like it says like Mark Zuckerberg is now the youngest billionaire in the world. And it's like this sentence, but you look at the screen, and you're just like, that's sad. It's a sad thing. That dude the, sucks. Yeah, and the movie is not about how he's cool. It's entirely about how this guy thinks he's such an underdog, and like it's about power struggles and weird toxic masculinity and all of these things where you're just kind of like, no, these, this guy sucks. He fucking sold out his friend for all these things, and I think it's just so interesting. It's like a courtroom drama that is just yeah. all about these college kids. I I feel like on paper I get it. Yeah. And especially like Trent Reznor did the music, right? Yeah. So I, I imagine we'll it that. probably sounds amazing. I know visually it looks amazing. Yeah. I know the acting's amazing and I'm sure the directing and writing's amazing. Yeah. With all that said, I have a really hard time enjoying movies where I can't relate to any of the characters. Right. That's just the personally the way I absorb media. Totally. So I just feel like I'm scared to watch it. Because what if I absolutely fucking hate it and now it's like a fight? <laughs> I don't think there are plenty of movies that you hate that I love. I don't think okay. it would matter. Okay, good. Plus I'm, a, I'm my, so afraid that because remember when you tried to get me to watch Hot Rod and I my problem there was you fell asleep. <laughs> my problem is not that you didn't like it. It was that you fell asleep, which it just whatever. Didn't engage. I mean, again, it's the same thing, though. Yeah. When there's a, when there's characters I can't relate to, maybe it's because they're all men. Maybe it's because it's too lighthearted or too yeah. silly or they're not grounded enough or deep enough, like whatever it may be. I just can't get into it. Totally. I don't know what what's wrong with me. I don't think that's the way people are supposed to consume movies. There's no way to consume movies. It's just like you. That's what you look for in film. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's it, so interesting. I think it totally makes sense. It is one of the like. I feel like it is reason why it's sometimes tension between us to yeah. talk about movies, but also why it's so interesting to talk about movies because it's like, oh. You have just such a different perspective on this totally. that I can't even imagine. Yeah. So hearing you talk about movies, it feels like I get to like vicariously live through someone else's viewing experience. Right. <laughs> Especially because you're so passionate about it. I love them. Man, I don't know if I want to see it. I Here's what I'll say. I have many like friends who could not identify with a single person on that screen. Like it's just like queer women or like people of color where it's like, no, this is just a movie about white dudes arguing yeah. and they agree with me on how good it is. Huh. Okay. But I also don't know if they watch movies the same way you do where it's like they need to see themselves reflected in it. Yeah, I just need to be able to like attach myself to a character so yeah. that I feel personally invested. Well, here's what I'll say. If you can't attach yourself to a character that might be nice because it really is just kind of being like, look at these fucking idiots. But I feel like that was the same general idea of Wolf of Wall Street. Like, mm. look at these fucking idiots with all this power. I have problems with Wolf of Wall Street, but... I did not like that fucking movie. I I, I recognize like it, it as like a good movie. I did not like it. Oh, I actually, I was just looking at my list. I think it's my favorite for 2013. <laughs> but here's the thing. It was good. I, I didn't like it. I think I loved it so much just because I could watch it three times and never feel like, this movie is three hours. Why is it three hours? But at the same time, I yeah, fully it was very think, entertaining. I think one of the biggest problems with that movie is that you can leave that theater just being like, man, that guy seemed pretty cool. Yeah, sympathizing with Jordan yes. Belfort. It's it's a really, I don't like that he did that. And a lot of people are just kind of like, that's not what it's supposed to be. But it really does feel like there is a point at which you can. Yeah. And also, like, I think it opens this larger conversation that I can't believe isn't being had more on, like, the higher levels of, like, Hey, just because we can make a really interesting story out of these really shitty people's lives, ultimately, what is the impact of that? Yeah. Like, now a lot of people really sympathize with Tanya Harding, who is like an avid Trump supporter and also is like. She? 
yes hmm. and like kind of a bad person well that's the i don't, I don't want to talk about i tanya <laughs> just because that's another thing we'll argue about but i don't yeah. think that movie is ultimately positive about her I'm not, i don't even think it is but inherently by portraying like here's a fairly ambivalent view of a situation that actually happened yeah we're gonna let you kind of fill in the blanks of how you feel about it when it's a real person and a real thing I think that can be really damaging. Oh, for sure. And I feel like that is something that people just get such a big pass for because it's a good movie and it's well acted and it was well written. And I'm like, okay, you made a billion dollars off of this. Awesome. Look at how this might affect the real world. Right. You just get off scot-free for all of this. Like, I don't want to see a movie about Dick Cheney. Right. I don't care how it paints him. I don't want to fucking see that, dude. I will never see that movie. Like, it's not a very good movie anyway. I mean, but it's it's now becoming a growing trend. Like, let's make films, like biopics about these super flawed, shitty people. Yeah. Even if the point is they're super flawed and shitty, you just gave them a ton of status. Right. You just gave them a ton of fresh eyes. And it's like people retweeting bad shit. Yeah. I know that your point was to like dunk on this asshole, but anyone that may see this tweet because of your retweet and maybe actually agrees with them, they just got a new follower because of your action. I feel like it's the same thing on a global scale with making movies about bad people or at the very least questionable people. Right. I didn't mean to go on a tangent about. No, I think it's important to say that. It just really started to piss me off. Like, just write stories about non-real people or make documentaries about people that actually, like, deserve it. Like, this whole controversy with Green Book right now. Yeah. Did you read about yeah. how Viggo Mortensen got, like, weeks and weeks of interaction with the family and got to, like, learn all about this character and then Mahershala the got nothing? The entire production of Green Book, I think, is one of the shittiest things. And it's all because, like, the guy who was really related to him wrote the movie. racist also. Well, yes. That Did you too. see his anti-Muslim tweets? Insane. I know. And I'm just like, cool. So like, we're just so quick to reward a movie because we're like, oh, it was pretty and interesting and, and white people get to feel less guilty about racism and it's now. it's such a, that movie's, it sucks. But I'd be also, so okay with never again having a fucking like assuaging white guilt movie. We're going to get one every single year until we die. And it will and always fine. get nominated for Best Picture every yes. year. I did you see the tweet or not the tweet that he was asked about the white savior complex and the guy was like, the only savior I know is Jesus. Who said this? The, Nick the writer? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what? Just a fucking a tumble def- down of <laughs> so much shit happening. Like a deflection, but then also like a brain. Like what the fuck was that yeah. statement? We are so off topic, but I'm so no, mad. It's, I, I mean, I'll talk about movies until I fucking die. Oh, let's go back to fun things. Fun things. Fun okay. things. Okay. I want to just go for a slightly not great to women. I am sorry for promoting this movie. However had a huge impact on me and my career and also one of my most watched movies and most want to watch movies. Mm. I got to stay true to myself. Apologies if this is offensive for getting Sarah Marshall. Why is that? It sounded like it was going to be way worse. I mean, for my taste, it is pretty bad because I do hold myself to a very high standard of like Bechdel test and like women and representation. Sure. And Mila Kunis really is just a plot device in that movie and it's oh, yeah. very annoying and also she's so hot and he's so ugly so That's, that yeah. inherently pisses me off however i will say i feel like Kristen bell's kirsten or Kristen? Kristen, right Kristen. wait what should you say Kristen. you're saying both at the same time it's Kristen. Kristen. Kristen I, bell <laughs> i've only said Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe true i don't have headphones on i don't know if you remember right i can't actually hear you i feel like her character is pretty nuanced at least like for a male written script however that movie i think that's paul rudd at his like career best oh it, he's so I, funny <laughs> a little sadness behind those eyes he, he has like two <laughs> scenes and they're all the most quotable lines of the movie yes or like i mean 
truly, I could quote virtually that entire movie. Like, yeah. if we watched it together, I would be that asshole that was, like, saying every other line with the movie. I think it would be so funny. I just, I don't know. I guess I just saw it at a time where, I mean, I don't know how, like, personal we want to get, but. No, sick. Get it. Fuck it. It's bonus podcast content. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Open up. I I was a fat kid, and I'm allowed to say that because I was a fat kid, so <laughs> fuck you if you try to police me for using that word. I don't, what, fat? Oh, oh yeah. I've gotten, mind. people have shit on me for Twitter for saying it before, and I'm like, I know that I don't seem fat now, but that was my entire identity at a very crucial time in my development. So like, mm. I kind of feel like I do get to identify with this a little bit. It's one thing to be a fat kid. It's another thing to be a fat girl. It's very, very alienating. Like I did not have a single friend and anyone that knew of me knew of me as the fat girl and anything they learned about me was under that lens. Like, oh, that fat girl is kind of funny. Right. Or like, oh, that fat girl is like kind of good at basketball or whatever. Um, and it wasn't just from like students. It was from teachers. It was from everyone. Like it was just, yeah, That's, it was brutal. What? And also this was like pretty soon after joining public school. So I had a couple of fucking barriers to get through. Jesus. So I learned pretty quickly that people didn't want to be my friend and that I would have to work really hard to make friends. And so I started reading punchlines on the internet, the new Ask Jeeves website, memorizing <sighs> them and then telling them on the playground. And that was like how I first like tricked people into being my friend. Yeah. But then, like, I did, like, improv and stuff, but I never really thought of myself as a funny person, and I never really thought, like, comedy was a viable option or a path I even could take. And then, let's see, it was 2008, yeah, so I just graduated high school the year before. I had gone to Guatemala to volunteer and, like, try to get some sense of what the fuck I wanted to do with my life, and then I came back, and this movie had just come out, and I was like, oh, what's this? I might have missed it. Jason Siegel, I liked that guy and knocked up. I think so. Yeah, the murder ball scene killed me and knocked up. So I was like, okay, I'll see what this guy made. I see it. I laugh so hard. I probably laughed more at that movie than I had at any other movie that I ever seen in my life at that point. Yeah. Every fucking scene. Also, the full frontal male nudity in the beginning of that movie, like, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Like, so many things to me, I was like, whoa, someone wrote this. Like, that was the first time where it wanted, I like wanted to know how to make movies more yeah. because it just blew my mind so aggressively. And since then I've rewatched it like 400 times and it still kind of has the same impact on me. I'm right. like, I want to write a script like this. That's what happened with me and hot rod. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I get, I guess I get it. It's yeah. just hot rod to me. Isn't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a different sense of humor. It's a different type of comedy. I think the thing with me and hot rod is there's no real, like I don't connect with anything in that story yeah. aside from like just wanting to do something like the childish nature of it. Yeah. But like it's th it's that sense of like this is it opens up what comedy is to you and makes you go yeah. like holy like I don't even think I would or could write something like Hot Rod. No. But I just go like. But it someone, made you want to. Yes. Someone is just like just the idea that someone could do this and like get it to the screen. I'm just like that's fucking fascinating. It's such a yeah. niche thing. Yeah. And at a time where like you see comedy as a thing where it's like there are comedies for everyone and yeah. you're just like oh yeah. One that really connects to you makes you just feel like holy fuck. Yeah. yeah. And in a way like connecting it back to like the origin story there it's like it kind of made me realize like oh I can I can be funny. Yeah. Like even enjoying this as much as I do makes me feel funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. When you laugh a lot, you're like, I guess I'm into comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and like it kind of, I don't know, in a way I felt like I had permission to acknowledge that like actually like quoting this <laughs> to my friends right. always gets like huge laughs. And in a way, like this is embarrassing, but you remember how like every bro in the world like started like quoting Anchorman and doing their <sighs> wrong burgundy impression and like it made them think they were funny people. Yeah. 
that was kind of forgetting Sarah Marshall for me. Really? <laughs> I, I've never been the kind of person who quotes movies, and I a lot know. of times I will forget them. The only quote I've ever, like, made part of my lexicon is saying cool beans to people. Cool beans? From Hot Rod. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do the same thing with a lot of quotes from I Love You Man as well. Really? Yeah. Catch you on the men, Jay. Like, oh, I yeah. I say that all okay, the time. Yeah. <laughs> Slap in the base. Like, I don't know. I'll, like, always say to people, like, I see some sadness behind those eyes. <laughs> like, half the time <laughs> I they love get it. The, oh, the weather outside is weather. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> Everything about that movie cracks me up. Yeah. And also, like, worth noting, I spent New Year's on the island with my brother, and uh, 12 o'clock rolled around. We didn't really have any celebration, so we just played the Dracula song on piano and sang it together. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's so fucking nerdy. But it's great. No, it's fantastic. I have to be true to myself. You really do. You What's, gotta be you. Thank you. What is your next pick? And let's see. Final, probably. Uh, well, this is four. We want to do four each? I mean, it's been 40 minutes. Probably we should. Yeah, people don't want to hear us talk. Nah. That's why they paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my final pick is, uh, you, know, you know what's funny is I think this is my Lord of the Rings. And no that way. it's a trilogy that I'm just like, you're, you're going to be like, what? No. Uh, but Can it's a I trilogy. Guess? Sure. The Golden Compass. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> uh, it's just a trilogy that um, it, this is everything Ooh, I want. It's Twilight. No, yes. okay, I'm that's, done. <laughs> a, that's four movies, Fuck. Mio. Okay, sorry, sorry, it's sorry. a trilogy that I want everything. I'll, I'm just gonna say it. It's Ocean's Eleven. Whoa! It is one of it's one of the movies that is most critical to me as a person and me as a like writer. writer? Yeah, because I think it is just like heist movies. I mean, I, I could go on about heist movies. I think they are incredible. I think it's like a magic trick for adults. It's all a, a movie about trying to trick their audience, yeah. which I think is the coolest thing. Just the idea that like a screenwriter can be so deft that they can just like carry you in a way and make you yeah. think that you're smarter than them and then just be like, no, you were fu- you're a fucking idiot. You're dumb the whole time. Yeah. And every time I watch it, it gets me again. Again? <laughs> every time. You know what happened. I know. That's the thing. I can quote lines from it, but I think my brain just shuts down. And it's like, we're not, we're not here to solve this. We're here to enjoy it. And yeah. then when we're enjoying it, I'm just kind of like, wait, but- if they didn't get away, if they stopped them there, then how did it happen? And then yeah. I remember, I'm like, oh, wow. You it's run just, it back. Yeah, it's just so well done. I watched the entire trilogy again this past year. Wow. And I loved it just as much as the first. As much as I don't like, like, again, I didn't grow up watching movies like in the theater that often or whatnot. There were certain movies that stuck with me. And I distinctly remember going to see Ocean's 13 in theaters because I was just like, I love those first two movies so much and just like the as soon as the village road show logo comes up the beginning i was just like excited and like gripping my seat and smiling the entire time and i loved it so much and i still love those movies so fucking much yeah like, they're really special to me and just it's the epitome of cool and it's this just like i don't know just seeing like dudes like work together in this way where it's just kind of like this is it happens in so many movies, but in this, there's something different about the way it happens. This movie, like, there's well, I think almost there's way more like camaraderie. There's so much camaraderie yeah. and like just fucking around and like talking, having fun together, and actually like being friends with each other. Yeah, it's almost like there's less toxic masculinity in this movie than other male ensembles. Yeah, although the whole thing with Julia Roberts in the first one is like, hmm, yeah. but still very fun. But and still compared to like The Godfather or yes. something, there is such more of like a lightheartedness, and it has some of the best like short lines of any movie I've ever seen like there's this one exchange I think about all the time where he's talking to Julia Roberts after she's gotten with uh fucking oh god who is it Andy Garcia I don't know let's just say it's yeah yeah then it's Andy Garcia okay yeah he's she's he's talking to her after she's got uh, gotten with Andy Garcia and he says so does he make you laugh and she says he doesn't make me cry (gasps) and I think about that all the time oh 
boy it's such great writing boyfriends like that right and then there's a great like parallel exchange in the third one where uh they're talking with the casino owner that's played by Al Pacino in the third one Uh and he's like uh do you think this is funny and he's like yeah sure shit ain't sad and I just was like it's a callback kind of that only true stands would remember (laughs) exactly (laughs) and I just like I I don't know the second one is so weird in certain things and it's like not as good as the other two but I think it's still fantastic and like it still moved you it still moved me and it's still the same thing that you love so much which is like the cat and mouse game of like yeah where is the ball exactly. i just combined metaphors but it's fine no, but like also, which shell is the cat or mouse under <laughs> hmm, correct and also did they steal the cat and mouse before i even thought that it was gone <laughs> i feel like inside man did that for me yeah inside Man's movie? fantastic trying to solve it the whole time and then yeah. being like oh i never would have gotten this especially because half of that movie is just like it's gone and they give you so much time to be like yep. what happened and you can't figure it out yeah did you like oceans eight i did I didn't like it as much but I think that it was because of the style like the way they shoot it is so different from Soderbergh that I was Ah. just like and also I literally had watched them all like just before seeing it so part of it for you is physically like the visuals yes the visuals of that movie like are so like inspirational to me just in like how to shoot a movie well because you kind of want to be a director right? oh I absolutely want to be a director. yeah so you take in the whole picture yeah I think about that a lot when I see movies where it's just kind of like when you frame things a certain way what are you telling your audience and like what are you hiding from your audience and yeah, Oceans using every part of it to exactly. the most that it can and Oceans 8 just kind of gives up on that although they sometimes have like the zooms and you're like oh remember from the other movies and i'm just kind of like okay i think they relied more i mean this is based on someone that hasn't seen it they relied more on the plot and also like the cast yeah and the cast is great and uh sandra bullock and kate blanchett talking every time was just so fucking fun and i remember are they gay in it that's the thing they absolutely are but they won't say it by name oh so then i'm not seeing it okay but (laughs) i really i really think you should see it because it's so clear that they are in like if many different ways. If this isn't Carol ways. too, then I don't care. <laughs> there is one point at which uh, there's just I don't remember the exact exchange, but there is an exchange that heavily suggests that Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett once dated. Are dating, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, why don't you? Uh, why don't you kiss for why, us right why don't now? You, yeah, why don't you say? It? But it's also I think that's a dynamic that was also pretty present in Ocean's Eleven, where it's like, yeah. what's going on with the uh, Brad Pitt here? Why is he? Yeah, true. Seems pretty upset by Julia Roberts coming back in the picture. Uh, Love Triangle. Love Triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I anyway, saw that. I, I do love the movies. I love all of the Ocean's movies. I truly, I've said this, like, I'm not precious about them. If they truly were like, we're going to make 70, I'd be like, great. I'll watch every single one, but just write it well. And yeah. like, they get a good writer for them. So I'm down for that. That's so funny. I feel like in 20 years, we're going to look back at this conversation and even your sentiment and be like, oh, of course, Demi went on to make this movie <laughs> i am yeah i'm working on a heist movie i we, no one will ever see and it. you'll write and direct mm-hmm. well no maybe we'll see i bet you will i bet I you'll write so. and direct your debut i would fucking cry if i don't i mean i'm gonna but like, also who does i'm gonna like do some wild shit at the premiere just so you know <laughs> just so you can prepare i want for you that to roberto now. benini down the <laughs> the chairs for me i'm gonna like bum rush the stage just to hype you up <laughs> just so i can like fight the orchestra that tries to play you off <laughs> like Mio, we are at the cine family please sit down <laughs> okay i think What's i go final? i go last okay yeah. Oh, I have like 50 movies here. We probably will have to do a follow-up episode at some point. I mean, obviously I would. Just to round out with the movies. We should do, you should make, well, I mean, it's going to be hard, but you should make a list of your favorite movie from every year you were born. I easily could. Yeah. Yeah, I easily could. But anyway, continue. Okay, I think just to round out the little grouping I have here, mm-hmm. I got to stay true to my indie emo ass. And I got to also go, again, re your point of writing, another movie that writing-wise 
inspired me so much as a writer. I yeah. was like, oh my God, I did not know you could write like this and got me hugely into Charlie Kaufman. And of course, Ooh. I'm talking about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes, that was going to be on my list. And Michel Gondry. Oh my God. Both of them. Michel Gondry was like, when I discovered him in college, I was just kind of like, everything you do is magic. Everything. Yeah. Music videos. I mean, everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not see Synecdoche, New York, so I can't I attest to Kaufman's writing in that. But did you I have see Anna seen. Melissa? Of course, I did. I did not. No, I I'm like a huge like when I was like in high school, I got super into Charlie Kaufman, yeah. and like whenever someone would ask me like my favorite like director, I would always try to shoehorn in like, well, director, I don't know, but writer is Charlie Kaufman. Like right. I thought it made me so fucking interesting, which is hilarious. He's directing a movie soon. I will definitely see it. Of course, but like Eternal Sunshine specifically, I mean, I know we're not talking about soundtracks again, but like. John Bryan on that, like, it really made the movie just feel so lush. Totally. But on top of that, the visuals, the voiceover, the acting, every single character. I mean, I forget that, like, Kristen Dunst and Elijah Wood are in that movie. Mm -hmm. The ensembles. David uh, Cross. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, right? It's crazy. We didn't need it, but they gave it to us anyway. It's so rich. Like, I've rewatched that movie probably 15 times, and... It makes me feel so fucking melancholy every time. Yeah. It shouldn't be able to anymore. I should just be watching it and like anticipating each part and waiting for my favorite part and just observing the visuals and going through the motions at this point, having seen it so many times. It still makes me feel. I feel like what I'm realizing right now is what your favorite movies do for you is make you feel the same way every time you see them, which is why they're so special. Yeah. Which is why I love rewatching movies in theaters. Yeah. Because I just get to have that feeling, but also maybe watch someone else have that feeling. Yeah, there's yeah. like a decadence to them that you can keep coming back for more and yeah. that will continually refill you every time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a, another movie that maybe like I love to watch, like, um, fuck, I don't know, like Mamma Mia is super fun. Mama but Mia. if I've seen that movie 10 times, I'm certainly not really being able to right. get invested anymore because it's just going through the motions. Whereas a movie like, I mean, any of the movies we mentioned, honestly, for us respectively, is like they Norbit. do that every time. Yeah. I can't shout them out hard enough. Norbit? I, Norbit. <laughs> I just think no. it was Charles Eddie Coffin's Murphy's incredible. fucking Pièce de Résistance. <laughs> <laughs> it's all downhill from there. I mean, the clumps was a close second. <laughs> yeah, Doolittle. We can talk about this for ages. We'll do <laughs> a different a Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy only. <laughs> I'm taking Coming to America and Doctor Doolittle. Dips on Shrek. Oh fuck! I yeah, didn't know we could do I knew animated. you forget Shrek. Shit. I got Dave. <laughs> or meet Dave. <laughs> I'm taking the hot tub sketch from SNL. Damn it. movie, but I'd want the sketch. All right, but I get Gumby. <laughs> this has just turned into us actually discussing Eddie Murphy's career. Hey, listen, I'm assuming our listeners are as equally nerdy. I hope. So they're probably into it too. They're probably like, I get that ref. I feel in on the joke. And then there are people who are just kind of like, uh, this entire episode, I don't know what you <laughs> I don't actually care about anything yeah. you said. And to those people, I'm so sorry you sat through, what, 50 minutes? Wow, this is definitely our longest. Which is, I'm, I'm like, is what that did you a expect? bad? Yeah, no. is that a problem? You get us talking about movies. We're just going to talk for 10 We're years. We're going to go on. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end now. I would, yeah. This Welcome to the... End, end are you game. gonna play the end theme because i actually cannot hear it oh my god fine i'll play the fucking end theme is it playing no it's not playing meow do 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 you want to just sing it nope okay wait yep it's not playing. no you faked it yeah i did fake it you fake hitting it oh uh, is that it no. is it playing you no, play it's not playing did right you play now. wow oh. no i didn't play anything meow no you're playing stuff i'm not playing anything. let right me guess now. you played that's the drum roll. That's a drum roll from in the internet. Mail, the computer has been on mute this entire time. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>